Hello, everyone, and welcome to the fifth episode of the Lost to Step podcast. It is Sunday, April 3rd. I am Mike Marcone here with Max Kahn, Tom Pinto, and Mark DeStefano. What's up, fellas? What's going on, boys? Hello. Hello. So, big weekend uh, of basketball. Obviously, the Final Four is in the books now. Um, game one, Kansas gave Villanova a better smacking than Will Smith gave Chris Rock. I think we can all agree on that. Too um, soon. Mark, what do you think? What do you think about that? Oh, uh, man, it's been a week. It's been a week. Yeah, <laughs> it has been a week. That's a good response. Game two, for me, um, I feel like we should start off really talking about this one. So, UNC gets the best of Duke, 81-77. That was an absolute classic. Um, I can start off with your guys' thoughts, if you'd like. Max, I think as the resident Carolina guy on the show, it's all you, man. You kick us off. So, yeah, it was it was a crazy atmosphere here, every bar. And um, I wasn't I wasn't at one of those bars. I was watching at home, but um, just going into it, a lot of hype, obviously, you know, for good reason. And, you know, it lived up to it. Uh, It was a great game. Um, I I know we talked about it probably for the past week or two, but I really thought this was just Duke. You know, it was the way it was going to end. Duke was going to win it all. Um, Coach K goes out champion. And honestly, UNC surprise. Like I don't know why I was surprised by them. They've they've been looking good. They've been playing well. But I still I still thought Duke was going to kind of run away with this one. I thought they were going to take that that loss from uh you know Coach K's last game you know at Cameron and just use that. And they were just going to win by you know fifteen twenty. I I really believed right. it was going to be a blowout and. Um, I was a little surprised. I, I really thought Duke was going to win this one. So um, definitely, definitely a surprising result for me that UNC is moving on and playing in the title game. Yeah, I think I think it was crazy. I mean, if there were 18 lead changes, 12 ties, it was like a back and forth game. It was a really, really good game. And Duke led at half. They led with 61 seconds left. Um, and then North Carolina closes on an eight to three run. Caleb Love came in clutch. He had that dagger three-pointer with like 25 seconds left. I think he had six points in the last minute. Um, And like you said, Max, I mean, it's their second win against Duke in a month, you know, and, and I know you, you had said it earlier, maybe the greatest final four game in history, maybe the greatest college basketball game ever. Who knows? Um, Before I let Pinto chime in, um, I did see, uh, they talked about it last night and then I, a lot of people were talking about it today. Um, I guess Coach K's first loss at Duke was to UNC, and then yep. he loses yep. at camp. You know his last game at Cameron, and then now his last game. We, you know, we're pretty sure his last game ever um, <laughs> yeah. to UNC. So that I mean, that's crazy. I feel like stuff like that doesn't happen too often. Um, pretty cool. I'm sure UNC fans will you know talk about that for <laughs> forever, and uh, definitely yeah. something they have over Duke now, and and it's tough. You know, you don't hear too many Duke fans talking right now. Um, so, so that's an interesting little little stat or fact there. Yeah, it was in it was in 1982. So the the span between those is crazy if you think about it. You know what I mean? Like 42, yeah. 42 years of him just dominating college basketball, and UNC somehow has his number in those games. Right, Thomas. I mean, I know it gets says a lot, and sometimes you can roll your eyes at the phrase, but sometimes. You just need to look at the stats and just see Duke 12 of 20 from the free throw line. They only made 12. UNC made 17, and the difference was a, a four-point win. 
12 of 20 yeah. from the line. 12 of 20 from the line is tough. Um, We've said it before and we'll say it again. Free we'll throws win and, championships. And we'll, yeah. And that's why um, I thought, well, well, we'll talk the we'll talk the Kansas game too. But um, we we'd said that we last week that if Villanova kept it close, they would have had a really mm-hmm. good shot because like, the best free throw free shooting team in yeah. the country. But they just they fell behind, and we'll get to them. But uh, well, as I said, Duke twelve of twenty from the line, five of twenty two from three. That's tough. That's 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 yeah. not. Not what you want in the big game. Uh, one thing I, I I wanted to ask you guys the just the way that I felt, and listening to him after the game, I felt like Coach K, to his credit, seemed like like this is it. Like I'm done. I'm good. I love the effort my guys gave. We just it just didn't happen tonight, and it, it probably kills him that it was. To, I can't say probably. It definitely kills him that it was to North <laughs> Carolina, and the last game that they lost in the regular season was to North Carolina. But to me, he looks like a man that is now content with being done. I don't think he's pulling a Tom Brady and coming back. He seemed like this is it. I'm good. I've I've done everything I've wanted to, and my kids. Gave it all they could, and they, you know, the ball didn't bounce our way tonight. And you know, like Mike said, they were, were uh, they were up by one with just over a minute. So I mean, they had it; it was right there for them to win. Yeah. And then that that uh, boy, that was a dagger three, wasn't oh, it? It was a dagger. Oh, I love that. That was a that was a I dagger love three. that high screen. That yep. was a a dagger three <laughs> against them. But again, an unbelievable game. You knew it was going to be close. That's why. That's why this is the best rivalry in all of sports for how close the games always are. You know, it's wanting to be close and have two teams who don't like each other and Mm -hmm. the games are lopsided a lot of the time. These games are always close. And, you know, you just don't see a a lot of blowouts. So you don't see a lot of games decided by 11 points, 12 points, even if it was a six point game in a minute and free throws kind of tack it in, tack on at the end. You just don't see that with this rivalry. And uh, it was yeah. a great game. Boy, the NCAA got what they wanted with that second mm-hmm. game. They got I, everything uh, they could hope for. To your point, Pinto, like the games are always close. And, and historically, you know, it's it's Roy Williams and it's Coach K. And I, I, I think a ton of credit needs to go to uh, Hubert Davis for, for preparing his team. And, you know, his first season and getting them. Nobody expected them to be to really win, you know, multiple games. As an eight seed, yeah. it's, it's a very, very impressive story. Even though they have the pedigree, they have the championships, they have the history. Okay, we didn't. Talking... Even, yeah, yeah. Even though they they handed Duke their, I'll let you go, Max. Even though they handed them their last loss in the regular season, we didn't think North Carolina. It's it's just it's just some not no offense to them. You just don't see eight seeds in the championship game very often. It just doesn't happen. Not they're the that fifth. Often. They're the fifth ever. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and I get and I get caught up in the, I get caught up in the seed a lot, which is not good. But like, no, like you said, with with seeing the eight, it's like, it's like sometimes I forget that they just won, you know, against some pretty good teams, um, in the tournament, and like I don't know why, but I just still see it, and I'm like, oh, it'd be tough for them to beat this two seed. But like, once you're once you're playing, once you're on that court, it, the seed really does, you know, obviously in the first 
first round or two, maybe, maybe this isn't, you know, as valid, but the seed really just kind of goes away and, and you gotta, you know, obviously play well and you gotta shoot well. And, and like you said, with free throws, but I did just want to kind of answer, you know, talk about what you said, Pinto about coach K and just how he sounded, things like that. Um, I, I will say, I, I mentioned before that, like, it's, might not be his last game but i i do think he's done um i think because of his situation compared to like the brady situation like mm-hmm. the bucks are obviously happy to have brady back where i'm sure obviously if coach k really wanted to coach again like they would they would make that happen but like they already set up shire to be the next you know head coach i think coach k wouldn't do that i don't see him doing that um to shire or basically anyone he you know, basically name the next head coach and they name the next head coach. So, so yeah, I think, I think he's done. And I think, you know, he was going to, I, I expected that kind of from his post-game interview, you know, we, we saw him in the last game at Cameron and the way he said, you know, was, was really upset at first and kind of quieted the crowd and, and was talking about the team and just that they didn't play well enough. But I think I expected this more of this coach K um, in his last game, whenever that was going to be. I'm curious, um, should Duke make, you know, we're going to assume that they'll make the tournament next year. Does he come back as a cheerleader in the games a la Roy Williams? Like Roy Williams? Yeah, yeah, that was, that was, that was really cool to see how excited he was. Right. You know, you could feel, I'm I'm sure maybe there's a little bit in there who thinks, oh, you know, maybe if I, if I stuck around, this could have been me. I could have had one more crack at it, but he was a great cheerleader and that was, that was really, really cool how he was in the stands like that. It, I team. think it's as a as a coach, it's different than a player moving on and coming back. You know what I mean? Obviously, the dynamic is different, but you know these these two guys they they built these programs. You know what I mean? Like they they got them historically. They all the success for these two programs is basically those two coaches. Um, when I think about UNC and I think about Duke, I think about those two guys. So. I think it's a little bit different if he was like there for four years and he moved on. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't think it would be as exciting, but I, I could definitely see coach K coming back for games. I, I don't know. I don't know if he has the same kind of personality as a Roy Williams does where he'd be, you know, as animated and stuff like that. But I, I definitely, I don't think he'll, I don't think he'll avoid Duke. I think he'll definitely come back and, and be around. And that's, and that's Duke, especially because, you know, UNC, you know, Dean Smith, um, well, was a coach there, sorry, a yeah. legend there, but, but Duke, especially like, I mean, I'm sure maybe there were some good coaches before coach K, but I don't like, I can't really name people that were at Duke before. Um, so yeah, especially in his situation, um, he, you know, he really, <laughs> really built that program and, you yeah. know, obviously won a lot of games, but, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see him maybe doing that the same way that Roy Williams has in this tournament, but, but maybe he'll prove us wrong and, uh, you know, be on the sidelines or, you know, up in the stands. I mean, during, during their tournament, uh, games next year, but I guess we'll, we'll wait and see how many, how many players is, is Duke losing this year to the draft? Two. Do we know? Bancaro's going. I do. Yeah. yeah Bancaro for sure. Uh, um, is Griffin going or is he coming back? I don't know. I guess I don't really know also like the years for a lot of those guys, but yeah. Well, that's the one thing too you consider is you know, coach coach K leaves and and who moves on and you wonder, you know, what it's going to be like next year with a new dynamic and new coach and if they'll make it back. But we said the same thing about UNC, so I guess uh 
Did you guys know that R.J. Davis and A.J. Griffin were high school teammates? I did not. You know, Stepnack not High School, right that. down the right down the road from me. That's pretty cool. Yep. Before we go on to game two, I know you kind of mentioned it, or I guess this was game one, Kansas Villanova. I know you mentioned a little bit, Mike, about um, something that came up about one of the greatest games ever. And I actually, yeah. so I uh, I guess I didn't I didn't tell you where I stood on that beforehand, but I, I actually tweeted about it earlier, had a couple comments on there, and um, a little bit of a back and forth, which I, I guess I didn't think it would be that much of a hot take, but maybe it is. Um, I'll, I'll actually pull it up. So I think this was like point. Yeah, here it is. So points bet sports book. Um, they tweeted, we just witnessed one of the greatest college basketball games of all time, all caps. Mm-hmm. I tweeted, I, I replied to that. I said, it was a great game, but like, let's take it easy with this take. So my opinion is recency bias is the first thing. Um, I, I thought it was a great game. I'm not saying like it was boring. I'm not saying it, it wasn't a good game. I just think it wasn't as good as <laughs> saying, like, I don't put it in the greatest college basketball games of all time. I know the things that go into a game, the mm-hmm. coach K thing, the rivalry. I know that is part of it, but when I'm talking about like greatest games of all time, I'm talking about just, just the actual game. And maybe a lot of people don't look at it like that. And you guys might not either. But like even like UNC Baylor earlier in this tournament or like, again, different different stages. I know that's not final four games, but like I'll, I'll say last year, Gonzaga, UCLA, like that game was better. hundred percent. hundred percent. That game was better. if I could name Absolutely. if I could name a couple games that were more or that I think were better. It's I don't know. I guess I just I just don't. When, when this is the greatest college basketball games of all time, I just think that's a little, a little bit living in the moment, and because of the rivalry, um, and I really don't yeah. think the game itself it's, was that amazing. Yeah, I, I, I can see what you're saying. I agree. Like, if you're looking at strictly just what happened on the court, no, it, it probably right. wasn't. Um, and and it's hard to remove, you know, the actual game from everything sure. that was happening yeah. on the outside with all of the the non basketball factors. Um, I do agree with you. Like, there are plenty of games that have been better than that in terms of competition and, you know, the scoreline and all that stuff. But, um, I do think, I do think it is important to consider everything that was at stake and everything that was on the line. So I maybe, maybe like one of the high, I I would say the highest stakes, like most at risk basketball games ever. You know what I mean? I would say it's probably the highest stakes and I'm looking at the, the Twitter or the tweet. Um, someone said it's like the highest stakes non-title game ever. I think that's what someone replied to you, which, and I think you know, with everything, to, yeah, good way to view yeah. it. Um, but yeah. And, and again, like I thought it was an amazing game. I don't think you can completely just take out that it was like everything that goes into it. But like, sometimes right. I think people look at that too much instead of just being like, like what happened in the game. And again, it was a close game. It was a lot of back and forth, but I just think like, I just thought of that Gonzaga UCLA game. And I don't think people, Maybe some people say that's better, but I think a lot of people are saying like Duke UNC is better, and I I would disagree with that. I mean, I think there's been better games just even in the regular season or like you know conference tournaments and stuff. Or or the playing like, Rutgers. Uh, was yep, it, yep. Notre Dame. Was it Rutgers Notre Dame to yeah. this year. Like, Dame. That this was, year, yeah. Dame, yeah. What was yeah. that yeah. double yeah. overtime? Like that yeah. game, I was like, I don't know. Maybe I was just into it more for whatever reason. Yeah. But like that was an amazing I mean, game. I understand it's different, you know, circumstances, but right. still a play in one you lose and you're out. I'll tell when you I guys think about one of the, 
I'm sorry. It was better than Loyola, Ohio State. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Don't just, that just, <laughs> just thinking about like college basketball games, like the greatest college basketball games ever, I think about, uh, what was it, 2009, the Syracuse-UConn game where it went to like six overtimes. Like To me, six that's an unbelievable. That's a you crazy know, game. Do you, that know is, I, do you know I almost bought tickets for that game? Almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, almost, Pinto. I don't care. Almost. I was really close to going to that game. I was going to go. Congratulations. Last, Congrats. Last you missed second, one of the best college basketball games ever. Last second, he didn't want to go, and, and I didn't end up going. I almost bought and tickets I, for that game. I do understand. I think that will be this game will be something that obviously is talked about for such a long time, but I think a lot of it will be more like Coach K's last game rather than like. I think people will forget what actually happened in the game for the most part. I think it will just be Coach K lost yeah. this his last game ever, and people won't remember as much. Whereas, like in some games, you're like, "Oh, this shot," or like, and yes, the Caleb Love shot. I think people will remember, but like the Chris Jank was it Chris Jenkins for Villanova Jenkins, when they yeah. hit mm-hmm. the yeah. buzzer beater. Sorry, UNC fans, I know you're celebrating. So this, uh, not trying to bring I'm trying you down, to bring you down a notch here. That that shot Brett in the Simpson. finals, like I'll remember that. Um, but I think this game is more just because of. Coach K, because of Duke UNC, that's what will be remembered for more than like the actual yeah. game itself. I wonder right. from a I wonder from a UNC fan perspective, are they so content that they beat Duke and ended Coach K's legacy? Whatever that might not be the right word, but you know what I mean. Or is now, or did, or did they have to get back up now, and you know they have they have one more game to go. So I wonder if they lose, do they still look back fondly and think? Yeah, we well, beat Duke in the Final Four. That's amazing. All right, maybe we. we uh, Kansas. Kansas was a one seed. So what? You know. We, uh, if if they end up losing, maybe we bring on a special guest and we have a conversation about it. And we'll see. <laughs> we'll pick his brain. I I won't you know take too long with this, but I I do think um I do think though a lot of UNC fans, which I guess you'll get different reactions, but I think a lot of people will kind of look at this season and be like treat it not necessarily like they won the national title if they lose to Kansas, but like pretty close to that just because of what they did. And again, in coach K's last game at Cameron, and then now, you know, his last game ever beating him. Um, so I think they're going to still go in with that underdog mentality and be like, if we win, it would be amazing. If we lose, it would suck. But also we yeah. have this to talk about and, yeah, and make forever. Duke fans forever about. Yeah. And I think that's what they're because I've heard like there's a lot of talk already. You and UNC still, take, still has you can one still more take, game to play. You can, you can still take solace in what and that's you've accomplished fair. even even if you don't win it all. You can. That's fair. I still think I still think about the Jets beating the Patriots in New England 11 yeah. years ago in the playoffs. That's the be- <laughs> that's the highlight of my Jet career, a divisional playoff game. It Especially wasn't when you're not fumble. expected, when no. you're not expected to, yeah, to win the whole thing, yeah. and you win a couple, like St. Peter's, yeah. like obviously, oh, yeah. I don't think they're they're mad at all. I'm not comparing UNC no, to St. Peter's because I think you know UNC obviously is a different program, but um, but yeah, they're not expected. They weren't expected to make it this far, so I think right, you know, it'll be interesting to hear from from different fans and see what they think. It depending on you know tomorrow night's result, uh, yeah, Monday night's result against Kansas. What do you guys got? I got Kansas. My head tells me Kansas, but uh, like Max said earlier, it's like it's easy to look at. It's easy to say, oh, you know, Kansas is the better team, but it, it's March and it's well, it's April now, but it's March Madness for a reason. And UNC is there for a reason. So um, not not that my heart is telling me UNC because I like UNC. I don't like UNC at all. whatsoever. Um, but I could see them somehow. It like it, it's like it's like what we said about Villanova. If UNC can keep it close, then, uh, you know, I could I- see them pulling it off. 
I think Manic is is key here. I think he's he's going to bounce back. He didn't have a great game um, against Duke. I think he, he's going to have a big game. I think they're going to play pretty well against McCormick, which is something um, they shut down. Villanova uh, wasn't able to stop McCormick inside. I think UNC does. I think UNC ends up winning, but I think it will be a really good game. Um, I'm sure it won't maybe live up, and it might not be as close as that Duke-UNC game, but I think – I think uh, UNC is going to pull it off and finish this run they're on. All right. I'm excited. Excited for the game. Do we really even need to talk about the Kansas-Villanova game? I mean, it was just so hard for <laughs> Villanova without Justin Moore. It was tough. Yeah. He fell behind. We talked about that. Yeah. Emotions. They, cut it, they cut it to six in the second half. They had seven, six, seven a couple times, but they, I don't think they ever got it lower than six. Uh, yeah. Just too much. Sad. Too much, Kansas. Um Valiant, valiant second half comeback by uh, by Villanova. They have nothing to be ashamed of. Um, Christian, uh, Christian Brown, Moore, which, which I always want to say Braun, um, but Christian Brown yeah, right, on right, Kansas right. had a had a couple big shots uh, within a couple minutes of each other. He also had a drive to the hoop, but he he uh, I think was a big difference. Um, Villanova was kind of coming Harris back. Juan Harris had a big three in in the second yeah, half. Yeah, they kinda, it seemed like yeah. Villanova was. Bit. They were they were uh, clawing back in and and every time Villanova uh, Kansas had an answer and so that was that was good mm-hmm. to see um, but yeah Villano- Villanova um, a great great run obviously and yeah it was very tough, good run tough without a player like Moore very good yeah. pro- man that, that's as that's as steady as program in Villanova right now they have they are really the last ten years been. If they're not, if they're not the, if yeah, if, if they're not the Duke UNC level, they're what one notch below. Yeah, they've been. Yeah. I mean, if you, I mean, if, if 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 you look at the most the most tournament wins the last ten years, they have to be first or second. I don't even have the list in front of me. They got to be first. Yeah, they, I would I would assume they do. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I th- I think tomorrow's gonna be a good game. I don't I don't think it's gonna be an eighty-one to sixty-five right. blowout. That's Max, sure. if North Carolina wins, you have to go into the streets and just you get us some. You want me to go to? Uh, yeah, you have to to get us some footage. On the street name, but yeah, I remember when they Back beat. Road. Um, well, no, but there's a there's a like a different street that. Oh, I got you. I pictures got you. from where they were like hanging on like the light pole post. Yeah, and, like, mm. but um, you, don't, you don't even have to do that. Did... Just go to like the to, like the closest main bar area that you live to and just find people going crazy if if carolina yeah. wins yeah get it'll us some be, footage uh, it'll be quite, interview, quite people, the scene. interview people yeah well also i'll, I'll also <laughs> this is for my you, podcast yeah <laughs> we'll talk to some nc state and duke fans too because i'm sure uh they're rooting for kansas probably pretty hard i would think for the most part yeah you would think you would think yeah um and real quick, before we move on to uh, some some baseball here, um, just in honor of Coach K's career, Mark, for one last time, I need you to pronounce his name. He guaranteed it this for last week. He said he was going to get it right. So I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. This, this guy is an absolute legend, and he is retiring. Like He is never coaching again, Mark. If you get this wrong, you are disrespecting his entire body of work. Did you watch the game last night? I watched um, a few minutes. And then I moved down. I thought life. that I thought I thought maybe his name would have been slipped in the broadcast, and maybe maybe you might have caught it. Uh, maybe maybe I, I must have fell asleep. <laughs> but uh, Coach, that's our producer, Coach, everyone. Coach K's name. 
coach. Shashik. Shashikski. That might be his best attempt. Let's count it. You are are, getting close, but I I, I think Uh, it's time to move on to baseball. uh, Good old Shashevsky, you know? (laughs) Hey! Hey, he did it. Hey. I love playing with you guys, you know? Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, how many how many times did you practice that in the mirror today? Uh, What's the over under four and a half? I said. I, Don't I let took off, you folks. This guy wins football playoff challenges. I I, I took off a week of work to uh, <laughs> and I studied real hard. All right. Well, we appreciate you, off. and I know Coach it K appreciates off. it. When he listens to this, he's going to be smiling, knowing that Mark DeStefano knows how to pronounce his name. There we go. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on, um, a topic that is near and dear to Pinto's heart. Uh, baseball, MLB. Oh yeah. Before I let you, you know, lead us off and start talking about it, I need to know how are you doing? Are you okay? Do you have, you know, do you need to talk at all? Um, folks, what Mike is uh, referencing to is uh, Jacob Degrom being uh, on the shelf. And for anyone who's picking up the podcast late, and this is going to be the first episode that they listen to. I'm a diehard, diehard Mets fan, and uh, to hear the news of DeGrom being on the shelf for at least a month um, when that came out on Friday, yeah, that that kind of messed up a, a good chunk of my Friday night. I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah. Very disheartening. You just, it, it's hard to, it's hard to just imagine him like pitching a full season of baseball now after we mm-hmm. thought it was going to be the, the middle of the summer, he was going to be back next year. And then he said at the end of the, of the year last year, if it was the playoff push and they had a chance to make the playoffs and it was a winning in situation, he would have been able to pitch, but they weren't in that situation. So uh, they shut him down, but it's, I mean, it's brutal. What do you think I, it I, is? What, what goes on? Like, why, why does this happen? I, for, well, from, from looking at the diagnosis with the with the scapula injury that he has, it, it doesn't, at least to this point, doesn't seem that surgery is something on, again, this could change. I'm not going to, you know, pretend I'm my, my, my reading baseball article doctorate that I have, like almost everyone else. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think that it doesn't look like surgery is an option right now for him at the moment. And it just kind of seems like rest, rehab is the way to go, but he's not even going to throw for a month. Then he's going to be reevaluated. So if they come back in a month and say, okay, you're good. Then he's got to revamp playing a a couple practice games. So, you know, the end of May would be great if they could get him. The, everyone knows that it it doesn't always go that way. And and Met fans have been through this with injuries over the years. You know, maybe it's the all-star break. I, I wouldn't be surprised at this point. And, um, yeah. you know, they... Don't um, you, Pinto... Yeah. No, I was just going to say, because, you know, I was going to... When Mike asked you that, um, I just think about, you know, Mike and I are Yankees fans, and I just mm-hmm. feel like the last couple of years and, like, just with Aaron Boone, um, it seems like we never really know about like pitchers. Maybe this is just every team, but like we follow the Yankees a little closer. You follow the Mets, obviously very closely. Um, it seems like with just baseball and, and pitchers and, and like those injuries, like no one really knows. Cause I feel like guys come back too soon. Then they have to go back yep. um, on, on the DL or, you know, 
whatever is it is it the IL now? Right. Still... IL. So, IL. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like, why is it just I'm, because I'm, of like I'm, I'm, the throwing I'm, and? <laughs> Yeah, like like baseball up. and golf I'm, injuries. I just don't understand it. That up. I never I'm, know when I'm, they're going to come back. <laughs> yeah. Glad you're bringing that up because I was thinking about this the other day when we were kids. And for anyone who, who's listening, we are turning 30 years old this year. So Ooh. when we were kids in the late 90s, Ugh. early 2000s, to <laughs> to to me at least, and maybe there's another guy that comes to your guy's mind, starting pitchers. When I used to think about the guys who threw gas real hard. I think Randy Johnson, Roger Clemens, and Pedro Martinez. And after that, it was like a healthy drop of the guys mm -hmm. that really, really threw gas. Now, like the fourth starter on Cincinnati is throwing 98, no problem. <laughs> it's yeah. a lot different. And I think that, that you know, again, I'm not, you know, I got my baseball article doctorate. So I'm, I'm what do I know? But I think... All that velocity and and Jacob Degrom doesn't look like he's putting that much into his pitches. He looks like he's playing catch and he throws a hundred and one. But right. I think all that sustained velocity, you know, it it has to have some effect. It 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 has to have something. And then a guy like Marcus Stroman, who barely hits ninety three, is a safe guy to have thirty starts a year. I'm you know, there's exceptions to every rule. But it can't be that great for your arm or your shoulder or your elbow to be consistently throwing a ball 30 starts a year and your fastballs clocking 100 to 101 all the time. So right, by but, that logic, it's not surprising that he's hurt and needs to miss more time. Uh, I I I understand. I, I get that. I mean, obviously, like you know, there's a cause and an effect. If someone's chucking the ball 105 miles an hour, their their shoulders are going to hurt. But the way things have advanced and like sport performance and care and rehab and all that stuff and just the treatment that they get and the way that they can rehab their bodies and, you know, like uh, I'll go to a different sport like LeBron says he puts a million dollars a year into his body to take care of it. Um, you know, the, the way that even the best like game of basketball has evolved or football, whatever. These guys, they're, they're putting their bodies through a lot more than athletes used to 25 years ago. I agree with that. But the treatment that they're getting is also going to be better. So if, if it's, if it's causing injuries, then their coaches or whoever, these guys, these doctors looking at them should say, tone it down a little bit. Like you can't be doing yeah. that. I, I, but that, I has to, that, that has to be hard for the, for the player, right? If it's the only way that they, I'm yeah. not saying that, you know, they, they have to, if they need to adapt, they have to adapt. You know, sometimes, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like the other way around, right? Like Bartolo Colon used to throw hard mid to, you know, 95 to 97. And then, he had to reinvent himself yeah. when he was when he could when he could barely top ninety miles an hour and was still able to be effective. So pitchers do that sometimes when they when they lose their velocity and they have to reinvent themselves and actually mm -hmm. you know learn how, learn how to pitch and not just throw because they can't yeah. get by with the velocity anymore. I just don't like when someone comes back from an injury like that and then they they miss the next start when they're or they they pitch a couple innings or they pitch you know, in warmups, like you find that they came out or something like that. Like, it's just frustrating mm -hmm. as a fan. And I'm sure obviously it's very frustrating for them um, when, when they can't stay healthy for more than a game and then they miss a couple weeks and then they, the same thing happens. Like, it's just, it's, it's frustrating to watch. And I'm, again, I'm sure it's very frustrating for them that they can't pitch a full season, but I, I definitely right. feel for Mets fans not being able to see DeGrom, you know, opening day. It's tough.
And then yeah. the just the news on top that Scherzer's hand, although it doesn't seem, you know, that that serious. He knows his body. He's been doing this a long time. But even just to hear that his hamstring was just acting up just a little bit, although he tried to downplay it. And, you know, uh, he, it's a good thing he did after uh, after the news of the Grom. The last thing any <laughs> any the fan base needs is any more panic. But, um, yeah, I, for so for if you're the Mets now, you just want to tread water and not fall too far behind, you know, whoever I'm, you know, assuming that it's going to be hard for them to keep a first place pace uh, without DeGrom for however many starts. So if they could just hang around, you know, keep it close and then hopefully to get get DeGrom back sooner rather than later and then uh, and then and then go from there. But now the, the Scherzer signing looks to be so important, right? Sure, if, yeah. they don't have Scherzer, if they don't have Scherzer, Chris Bassett's probably their opening day starter. No offense to Chris Bassett. And I'm glad the Mets traded for him. He's a fine pitcher, but uh, that Scherzer side. But he's not the he's, other two guys. He's, he's, he's certainly, that's as Mike said it, he's certainly not the other two guys. So hopefully Scherzer can go opening day or else. I, I think Buck Showalter was even tossing around um, having a bullpen game for game one. If Scherzer couldn't go, although it, it doesn't seem like Scherzer's as a threat to miss real time. He's just hamstring was just a little tight. Before but. before because I know obviously there's <laughs> there's other teams in the MLB, but I did want to ask you, um I mean, looking at their their roster, like this is a really good team in my opinion. Um, and looking at some of these names, and obviously Lindor's still there, um, which I didn't know. I guess I didn't think time. he was I didn't think he was going to like, I guess I thought that was going to be more of a short-term thing, but um, like, do you think it, let's just say, you know, worst case scenario, DeGrom like really has some issues and like, doesn't pitch a lot of the year. Like, is this a playoff team or they're, they're just, they need that, that other ace along with Scherzer. Um, they're not good enough without DeGrom to, to even make the playoffs. If they the don't have question, DeGrom, if, if, if they don't have DeGrom for the majority of the year, I don't think they make the playoffs. I don't. I don't. I think that I think three teams are coming out of the National League West. I think the Padres will make it this year in addition to the Dodgers uh, and the Giants. And I think that if the Grom is uh, I'm going to I'm going to say the Braves repeat is is the division spoiler spoiler to your predictions. for Yeah. 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 (laughs) And I, I, I think if the Mets don't have him for a significant part of the season, I don't think they make it. I don't. Which is very, I have them which, in the is, hunt. which is which is yeah I I I don't think they're gonna I don't think they're gonna be in last place. Be horrible, I think they, yeah, they, yeah. I think they could be the second best team in the division, finish ahead of the Phillies, and still not make the playoffs because mm-hmm. you know you, you don't think you don't think Washington this year you don't think the you don't think the Marlins. Right. So, but it's it's that was really really tough news to hear. Right as you're yeah, right, right as before, you're week, yeah, less coming, than a week coming. Yeah. Coming three o'clock on a Friday to to start your weekend that wasn't fun but you know everyone's got injuries no one's gonna sorry for you opening is Thursday division rival Washington I'll be ready to go yeah man so just if I mean you're you're the you're the baseball guy in the group here obviously more so than the other two of us I mean but what's like what are we looking forward to opening day what are we looking forward to for the season like what what can you give us for a quick little preview maybe, here maybe some surprise teams you think might yeah might go from bad to to good i think 
uh, having a good year last year and now set to take the next step. I think Toronto's ready. They are fun. They're young. Um, Kevin Gosman added into the staff who was, if I think fourth in the Cy Young voting last year, he, now you, you expect him to take a little bit of a step back now being in the American league East. Um, mm-hmm. but that was, that was a very good sign for them. They have so much firepower offensively. Their pitching really just needs to be steady and solid. Um, even losing Marcus Simeon, which will hurt some, but the lineup is stacked. Vlad's just getting better. Bichette's just getting better. Um, Teoscar Hernandez might be one of the best hitters that no one really knows about. I think they have a real chance to win that division. I know Tampa Bay is going to do what Tampa Bay does. And, you know, it's going to be the middle of July. They're going to have 50 wins and no one's going to understand how. But I think they have a real chance to win that division. And another advantage, and, you know, we don't need to go into great detail, but anyone as of now, and, you know, maybe it changes in May, who knows? But if you're a player who is not vaccinated now, you can't play in Toronto, which is which is a great advantage for them. And yeah, for, sure. for, for the Yankees as an example, and the status of Aaron Judge isn't known, I think the Yankees' first series there is in the beginning of May. He might not be able to play. And they got nine right. games in Toronto. That's, you that's know, huge again, for that division. Yeah, that's, for the, it's huge. It's yeah. absolutely huge. You know, that could be, that could be a big difference in, in scooping up some extra wins. Right. Did you, um, I don't know if you mentioned this, Pinto, I might have missed it, but also Chapman at third for the Blue Jays. That's um, right. Yep. Yep. Nice, I think up. a nice addition. So that just adds addition. a little more to that lineup. Probably a, probably a little bit better of a hitter than he than he was uh, in his in his last year with the A's last year. Terrific fielder, great glove. Yeah, um, and a, and a so better lineup I, think, I would think than than Oakland. I think I think the Blue Jays are the division champ this year in the uh, in the American League. I do. Hmm. Any uh, any real like underdog teams you could see you know making a run or or somebody that you think. I think you know, over the last uh, few years hasn't been good, but upgraded. Uh, I think the Tigers. The the Tigers got off to such a dreadful start last year, like ten and forty or twelve and forty in their first whatever fifty games. Um, and then they were one of the better teams in the league from June on. Um, and AJ Hinch did a really good job with that group. That division, aside from the White Sox is really nothing great. Yeah. Cleveland, Kansas yeah. City, Minnesota. It's kind of a whole a whole bunch of mush and I I I I don't <laughs> think it's it's out of the realm for Detroit to get uh second place. For his maddening inconsistencies, Javi Baez is there now. It's a big upgrade for them. <laughs> um although he he could drive you nuts. He drove me nuts just in watching watching it for 2 months last year. Uh, but that's an upgrade at the position for them. They've got some good young players. AJ Hinch, better manager, whether you like him or not. Um, they yeah. had a really good June to September last year, and I, I, I think they can contend for a a card. I do keep her on the top. I was going to ask you about just something I'm interested in um, because I enjoy when this team is good. Um, the Chicago Cubs, like they're they're not looking. Like, I mean, they obviously gave up on, gave some players away at the trade deadline last year. Um, 
like how are they are they going to be competitive are they do they have some good younger guys like how are they going to be able to compete with the brewers and the cardinals and teams like that i don't think so um if you look at their starters i mean kyle hendricks is starting for them in opening day who's had a a a fine career but then yeah yeah you know wade miley's the, the third starter right now not exactly starting uh you know striking fear into the uh um opposing roster um yeah i i just looking up and down the lineup you know wilson Contreras is probably their best hitter and he's probably going to get traded at the trade deadline this being the last yeah. year of his contract they probably should, they probably are, are hoping he's he has a good first three months they might be able to get a nice haul back for him i don't know if you agree as much just because you know the mets being in the same uh league as them but like, do you do you think just baseball in general is better when the Cubs are a, a good team or at least competitive? Like when they won the yeah, World Series, maybe sure. not. That was like fun. When they are in the playoffs. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I think it's it's better for baseball when the Cubs are good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I, I think it's I think it's good for the game when you know. No offense to no offense to the small markets. I like small market baseball. I like the way Oakland plays. Yeah. I like the, I like the way Tampa Bay plays. So this is, I'm, I'm not anti small market, but it's better for the league when, when the big markets are good. It's better for yeah. the league when it comes to the Mets, the Yankees, the Red Sox are good, but you know, looking down, whoever's going to be trotting out of the starting lineup for them this year, probably a combination of Jonathan VR, Andrelton Simmons, Jason Hayward, oh. who's <laughs> Jason Hayward, Hayward. Who's, yeah, who's yeah, Hayward. Best years, or his best years are behind him. They signed right. um um say uh um Suzuki, who's going to have to get used to um the pitching here uh, in the states now. The twenty-seven-year-old um mm-hmm. from Japan. So maybe at least they, give um, a little excitement, someone to yeah. You, you hope on. he does. You hope he doesn't turn into another uh, Kosuke. <laughs> Um, Fukudome for, for anyone that can, can remember that. That Bless was, you. Uh, <laughs> that was, that was a while ago. Maybe, uh, maybe 2008. He didn't, he never, yeah, that was a while out, ago. he never turned out to be much. So, um, right. no max, I, I, I don't think that they contend for a playoff spot this year. I think that their, their, their pitching would, would really have to be otherworldly. Um, they got David Robertson closing good, solid veteran arm, um, in the back there, but, I think Wilson Contreras might not get a lot of save opportunities. Yeah, I think Wilson yeah, Contreras exactly. is, the best, is the best hitter on the roster right now, and I think he goes at the trade deadline. And we talked about him last week. They got Clint Frazier. Um, yeah. You know, oh yeah. Trying to get some playing time too. Looks yeah. like he's going to make the roster right now, but uh, has not been set yet. Ian Happ is another guy. He's a lot of good potential. He can hit a ball a they've mile. They've got some guys that you know, yeah. like they've they have some names, but maybe guys that aren't at their best point of their career. Right. Right. So, no, I don't, I don't expect the, the Cubs to contend uh, hmm. this year. They'll, they'll probably get some nice starts out of Hendricks at a, at a Stroman, but I, I don't think that offense has, uh, has, uh, has the firepower to, to contend in uh, the rest of the national league. And yeah. it's a long season. It's Mike, hard to be good for a long enough. Sure. Mike, I don't know if you, you had any questions, but I know we're kind of firing them at Pinto, but I was actually mm-hmm. going to, you know, again, being Yankees fans, I mean, Pinto, you can be, you know, we know you're only brutally honest. That's all, that's all you are. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, what do you think? I mean, are, are they going to be the the fourth best team in the division? Like, are they going to 
have a chance at the wild card. You're not giving them a chance for the division. Like no, talk, certainly, talk to us. certainly, certainly not the division. I think them and the Reds are third and fourth in the division. I think the Pirates are fifth. I think I'm, Brewers, I'm talking about the Yankees. Brewers, the Yankees. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm sorry. I thought you were on the Cubs. Um, I no, think no, Yankees. Yankees Hmm. Well, they, they they'll certainly finish ahead of the Orioles. Um. Hope. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, Podcast I canceled. Think, <laughs> I think they're. I think they're third. I don't think for some reason. I just have a a feeling in my gut. I think Tampa Bay is going to regress this year, and I just said it five I, minutes ago that I'm we're going to look up in, that we're going to look up in July, and they're going to win fifty games. And they're going to mm-hmm. have fifty wins by then. I think they finish ahead of Tampa Bay this year. I think the Blue Jays win it. Boston second. I got the Yankees third right now. You got Boston second, huh? Yeah. So, yep. A lot of the I, same roster coming back, and they added Trevor Story. Yeah, that was yeah. a big move, which I thought the Yankees maybe would do. Um, so that was kind of disappointing. Um, I didn't really want Correa, even though I think it would have been great for them. I. I feel like I would if I was personal, a Yankee fan, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't have wanted him either. And Especially kinda, after, what, after what Brian Cashman said last week. Yeah, oh, I mean, shots yeah. fired. Oh yeah. kind of where I where I stood, it was more of like a personal, you know, obviously yeah. he's very good, but I don't think I wanted him. But like it just seemed like like do people not want to go to the Yankees or are they just playing like a different like game offseason now? Or like do you like why do you think they don't bring in a lot of huge names that it seemed like they used to? I think, and this is just me shooting from the hip, I think that they don't like the mantra anymore that to win, they just have to outspend everyone, right? They did it in 2009 when they signed uh, Mark Teixeira, CeCe, and AJ Burnett. AJ Burnett, Um, yeah. Right. I I just, I don't think that they, they like that stigma anymore, that the only way that they can compete is or or win is by spending the most and the what what and even though they do spend what what is now hurting them is that the rest of the league in the analytic age has caught up and that's they, what I don't they never in the in the mid and early 2000s Bay was never a, a worry a concern they were just mm-hmm. TB on the schedule that was it yep. that was that was really it. And now they have still, and now their payroll is still the same as it was in relation to the Yankees 15 years ago. But now they know how to compete. They have smart people in the organization, and and they make and they make it. You know, it 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 has to drive. It has to drive the Yankee front or or any front office that spends a lot of money. The Red Sox, the Cubs, whoever yeah. it is that Dodgers. that they spend all this money to win a hundred games. And Tampa Bay spends 38 or 40 million or whatever the hell they pay, and they're winning 100 games. So that has to drive the that has to drive the general managers nuts. It's sad. Yeah. It's sad to me because I think we're just getting further and further away from the Yankees Dodgers World Series that I think we thought was going to happen at least for a couple years. Um, and and I right. I would have loved to see that, but yeah, it just seems like the Yankees are kind of moving <laughs> moving further from the end. And not to say they can't, you know. Yankees are going to be competitive, I think, mm-hmm. you know, as long as health. They always are, right? Team. I mean, it's 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 such a right. I mean, Yankee fans and and I'm I'm around it down here every yeah, single yeah. day. Yankee fans are angry and bitter and 
I get that they're bitter at the Astro stuff. That I don't, I don't blame them for that. I, I, I'd be angry too, and I would hold yeah. a vendetta too. I get that, but you know, I like want to think sometimes, like, man, is it that bad to make the playoffs? Like, at, like. <laughs> If not every year, like every single year, and never but have we talk a, about this, and, and never have a never have a losing Packers. season for that's what as I'm long saying. As you've been alive, like is it? Is yeah, it, but is it, it, it is, is frustrating it really to do that over and over again and not have that final success. Like you see it happen. Okay. You're spending all this money. You're being competitive. You're making the playoffs, and then you constantly I that, lose. Mike. I get that, but like the Packers have the best quarterback. Or if, if he's not the best quarterback, he's the second best quarterback. So there's always thinking that they should be, they should have gone to a couple more Super Bowls because Aaron Rodgers is just so physically gifted yeah. pre-Patrick Mahomes. And he's, he's, he's still right up there with Mahomes. When you look at the Yankees roster compared to the other rosters, it do, even just because they spend money, it it's doesn't scream about, out yeah. like this team. Right, statistically. I see what you're saying. This team needs yeah. to go to the World Series. Right. So... That's why, like, like, like last year when they, they obviously it, it's going to sting any Yankee fan, just like it just stung, you know, you know, losing to the Red Sox one game playoff, just like Duke yeah. going out to North Carolina. That's going to sting. Mm-hmm. That's going to hurt. But I mean, I'm just thinking like they haven't had a losing season since we've been alive. And I just think as a Mets fan, like, man, that would, that would be nice. <laughs> that would that's be, what, that'd be, and that I would be, get what you're saying. I get what you're saying about Rogers, but that's like kind problems, of what I've been then. saying is like, like I, th- I enjoy the Packers at least having these good seasons. Like sometimes for like teams that like, you know, I'm not even going to bring up the jets, but just like, if you know, going into the season, you're going to be bad. Some fans I'm sure watch every game, but some fans maybe are like, damn, like it's week six and we're like done. So like, just to have a team that like, right. It doesn't do well seem and like, not win it all. Like, it doesn't seem like, 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 happy, like I, it doesn't seem like 90 wins and the wild card game for the Yankee fans is is anything close to significant. They were they were really happy after the 2017 season when they were kind of like the little engine that could and they weren't and they got and they took the Astros right, to game yeah, seven. Yeah. <laughs> but then like after that and then kind of just no fault of his own, kind of just when they got Stanton, then it was like okay, now we're the Yankees again. Yeah. Right now, yeah. there's now like the you know just being like the nice story. That's not good enough. Now it, it's time to get down. Now it's it's time to be the old Yankees again, and, and they haven't gotten as far as that 2017 ALCS since. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just been that in the combination of the Astros um, with all their their cheating right. uh, prowess, kind of kind of like a like a perfect storm. I guess, and I guess a lot of fans. Like, again, just going back to the Packers and obviously being a Yankees fan, too. But like the way I look at it, which I'm sure a lot of fans don't, is it's only one team wins it all every year. And I get that the Packers and the Yankees are good pretty much every year. So they should at least go more than they've they've been the Packers to the Super Bowl and the Yankees, maybe the World Series and maybe winning another World Series in in recent times. But um, like only one team, it's so hard to win it. It's hard to get yeah. like a lot of things have to go your way. That health, that's just maybe lucky yeah. bounces or whatever you want to call it. But so, so I know like the championship is is the main goal, and like anything but that for players is a disappointment for me. Like I know it's so hard to do that. Like 
yes, I want that too, but it's so enjoyable mm-hmm. watching teams play competitive game after competitive game every year. Um, and so right. I won't take that for granted. Yeah. And, you know, we only have it for so long, like with Rogers or with this Yankees team now that who knows when we'll see them in a world series again. As right. present, as presently constituted right now, I don't think the Yankees are a championship team. X factor for the I Yankees agree. this year, Luis Severino. X factor yeah. completely. If he yep. is on, what a great number two he is. He's got yeah. number one stuff. He doesn't, you know, they got Cole. He's the guy. Cole is number one. He can relax, be the number two. If they can get, if not a full, close to a full season from him, and if they make it to a playoff series, if you don't win your game one with Cole and you've got Severino for game two, that's nice. If he's ineffective, yeah. hurt, doesn't make the playoff roster with injury, I just, the rest of the Yankees pitching, I just I just don't see it. As presently constituted, yeah. you know, you never know what happens at the trade deadline. You never know who can surprise you, but uh, boy, I think Severino's that's a, good take. a big X factor this year. If, if, yeah. if, if, if they can get, um, you know, 80% of what he was three years ago. It's a huge boost for them. Huge. They didn't have him at all last year. They won 90 games and they didn't have him last year. If he's yeah. back this year, and it's it's hard to imagine, you know, Garrett Cole's an ace. He's a true ace, true number one. Severino, solid. Maybe maybe just a little more than solid. It's huge for the Yankees. Should we do some uh, predictions? Predictions, that's yeah. what I was thinking, yeah. Blue Jays and Brewers for me. Blue Jays Brewers for me. World Series. Do you want my? All right, so you, you don't want me. Blue Jays I won't go into my playoff teams. I will say yeah. real quick. We're up, I we're up against have, the clock here, so we'll just do World my, Series. I will just say quick. My my surprise team in the AL. I you kind of mentioned before that maybe not too competitive, but I think the Twins maybe sneaking as a wild card with with the mm. addition of Correa and, and a pretty good lineup and and decent starting pitching. I think that was kind of my maybe my more like stretched uh, pick. But um, for me, I took Blue Jays over the Padres. Okay. In the World Series. Before I heard Pinto's takes on the Blue Jays, so I'm glad I'm, glad I'm thinking like you. You guys. Blake Snell needs to be better. You guys are both taking Blue Jays? I will say I, I said Blue Jays because, again, before Pinto, before I heard your opinion on it, Pinto, but um, – Vlad Guerrero, I just think I think he I don't think he is a letdown. I think he has another great MVP like season. And then again, I think their starting pitching is really good. I think I think they're going to win the division, and I think they have a good shot to to go all the way. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Dodgers over Blue Jays. Okay, that's I just feel like the, the Dodgers Jays in there. Dodgers are the, the Dodgers are stacked. By the way, breaking news: South Carolina national champions in the women beat UConn by 15, 64-49. By fifteen, Not so UConn exciting. is now eleven and one in national championship games. They were they were First eleven and zero. National championship loss wow. for the UConn ladies, sixty four forty Second championship in the history for South Carolina. Did did Pinto have the first ever breaking news on the Lost of Step podcast? <laughs> no, is that the first time we've ever broken his story? Yeah, because when we when we as soon as we got off, yeah, right. As soon as we got off, was the Donaldson Donaldson trade? trade, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If if only we were live. If only we were live right now. Right. (laughs) Wow. Sorry, love that. So, so um, Dodgers over Blue Jays. Dodgers over Jays. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. uh, When I thought about this earlier, I just picked the Dodgers to win, but I had to think about, you know, um, 
who who they'd beat in it. I, the Blue Jays are going to be good, like Pinto said. And I know I before when we were picking them, I was like, oh, the Blue Jays going to be good again. You're like, don't tell them. But uh, <laughs> no, I think they're good. I think they're going to be a good team. And I just think the Dodgers, you know, they they have too much. They have too much for there's they are a stacked. series. So they we'll are stacked. come back. We'll have to come back to these. Um, but I'm guessing now the Blue Jays don't even make the playoffs after we all yeah all pick them. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. Why don't we um. Why don't we stick uh, with the Dodgers now for uh, as we move on to stories that you missed? Um, nice. This is a a really interesting and nice story um, for anyone who did not know. The Dodgers had a really good prospect named Andrew Tolis uh, a couple years ago, and between injury and you know not performing well, he he didn't last as long as people um, expected him to, and he had just fell down on his luck and uh, was homeless for a certain time. The Dodgers re-signed him and he hadn't played since 2018 and they re-signed him so he can have health insurance to get help for his mental health. Um, A really nice story. You wish that you heard more stories like this, kind of the opposite of what our second story on this segment's going to be. But a, a really nice move by the Dodgers. They could have just said once he wasn't under contract, he's not a Dodger anymore. You know, it stinks, but he's not our problem anymore. But to reach out, obviously, when it, you know what it has the feel of? The Delonte West kind of feel. That's what I thought of when I read this, um, how the Mavericks and Mark Cuban helping Delonte West get back on his feet, which looks like on from Delonte West style has, has um, on the upwards path uh, to him getting back on his feet. Uh, this kind of has the same feel, and I hope it works out for Andrew Tolis because that this is a really nice thing uh, that the Dodgers are doing, and you hope that you see more of it from other teams and other organizations. I like these Max, stories. This was originally your story. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, like, when we do the a, a lot of these stories you may have missed, um, a lot of them, it seems like that we've been doing are positive and just, like, feel-good stories, and so it's, it's cool to hear things like that um, just outside of, the actual games and things like that. And just like all the, all the negative we hear, like talk about um, it's nice, nice to hear stories like that. And that, you know, organizations sometimes are thinking about the people and not, not just the dollar all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's huge, you know, for a team to show that um, there's, there's things that are more important than winning and then doing something like that to help a guy who he had really no other, place to turn to I, I think that's huge and it's important and and like you said I, I hope it continues to happen and and I don't think it necessarily needs to be you know I, that that classic you know do something for somebody and record it and get that press and stuff I don't think it has to be that no but no. just to take care of people behind the scenes and and do what you have to do to be a good you know you have all that money you have all those resources help the people who need a little bit from you so I think that's yeah. awesome I mean he'd, he'd been in and out of 20 20- Mental health facilities since 2019 yeah. alone. So obviously the band needs some help, and it's yeah. really, it's really nice what the Dodgers are doing. Yeah. Um, really nice to step up. So nice job by them. That was good to hear. Yeah. Um, we have a second one. Now right? we're gonna, yeah. Now we're gonna, now we're gonna switch. Not, this to, is the uh, negative we talk about. <laughs> this is the negative um, in terms of geez, organizations that can't get out of their own way. Uh, the Washington Commanders and the exemplary owner, Daniel Snyder, and I say that sarcastically, 
um, have alleged to have hidden ticket revenue from other NFL teams. Before I just give a couple more details, anyone surprised? I'm not. No, that they're that they've done another negative thing. No. Yes. Absolutely yes. not. That 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 Snyder is behind something that could really no. put them in trouble. Yeah. No. Um. If 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 he's not the worst owner in sports, he's darn close. Yeah. I mean, they now have. It's crazy. They now have. They had the 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 name problem. They have the sexual harassment allegations against them, and now this on top of it. Um. You know. And the NFL is 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 hoping that that this is not true, and these allegations right. are just false. But so the way that it works, so the way that it works is that um, per league rules, all all teams are required to submit forty percent of their home game net ticket revenue to right. the league, and then that revenue is then shared with the visiting teams. And apparently, they were withholding—I right. don't know the exact details—some percentage of that revenue, which is right. just like. They haven't been. Why? They haven't Why? been turning in that full that full forty. What do you like? Obviously, teams are audited. Obviously, teams like this. This isn't something that. How can you imagine getting away with something yeah, you, so stupid? How can you? You know, <laughs> it's so dumb. We say that all the time. We say that all the time as sports fans when we hear scandal stories like this. Like, how do you think? How dumb can you be? How do you think you can get away with this? And teams and organizations keep finding ways to impress us, you know, whether it's it's arrogance or stupidity or a combination of both. Um, this is this is a Washington special. And you know what? I hope that it's true. And then I hope that they could force Daniel Snyder to sell the team because like, how have I'm they done, not I'm, found a way I'm to do that yet? Guy. I, I, he you needs know what? to That's be gone. Great point. I'm done with this guy. He's, Mike I, said, I, uh, the NFL, the NFL are like so backwards and everything that they care about and worry about and punish people for it is, it is mind blowing the things that they let go. And then the things that people get punished for in the NFL, it, right. it is completely now, backwards in my opinion. Yeah. And you know, don't tell me that just because Snyder has been removed from the team's day-to-day -day operations that like that's yeah. a big deal. Please. Right. He's still getting his he's still getting his million dollar paycheck every week. So and and you guys ever see that that um how many like that that stadium's half empty. That oh you know, yeah. It's dressed you know, like some, a seat night every night. You know, some teams franchises, right? It's just hard to like think of like the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, always like filling up that stadium and having an incredible fan base. But this was right. such a proud franchise from before our time. Right, yeah. as as good and proud and solid as a franchise, not just in football, in sports, and yeah. the 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 lows and the depths that they have sunk to, for any Washington fan, you know, some teams are just bad. The Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns, Detroit Lions, like they never had periods of prosperity. They're just consistently, even the Jets to a certain extent. There's just never a lot. We always there. come back Washington, to the Jets. <laughs> Washington was was one of the gold standards of of the NFL on and off the field, and man, what a what a nosedive they have taken. You yeah. know, it, it just you know it seems like you know the 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 amazing Alex Smith story is now like just a footnote on all the negatives that happened with this franchise, right? I agree with you.
it's uh right. it's just it's tough it's tough to look at them as you know success can be determined in, in different ways sure you sure. could have you could have a really bad team but like you said a great you know fan a base great and fan great base. support great behind them base. and and right. they at the moment i mean they're not the worst team in the nfl but they don't really have a right. good team they don't really have a good front office organization and their fan base just doesn't seem they just seem fed up they seem to not really care so all if three the of those win, if the steelers win five games this year they have a great coach a, a great organization and a great fan base yep exactly yeah so yeah. there's success and two avenues maybe it's not on the field but you know that 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 determines whether or not you make it back and i think the commanders have a really long way to go and getting the trust of their fan base back and the trust of the NFL back now with what's happening with the actual organization. So yep. it's tough. And, uh, All right. So there's yeah, our two yeah. uh, stories you may have missed. Now we have the, uh, the, the most special segment of the Time. show, the, the namesake. Yep. The, uh, the loss to step segment. So uh, Pinto, did you add this one? Yeah. Uh, lost the step of the week. Um, we started with team two weeks ago. Then we went to player. Now we're going back to team. And mm-hmm. uh, th- this can really be lost a step for the entire season. The Los <laughs> Angeles Lakers have now stick in a row in danger. Can you believe, guys, in danger of not even being in the play-in? They've lost five games since we've done our last show. They've lost six in a row total since we've done this, yeah. since we did our last show last Sunday morning. They lost to the Pelicans, Mavericks, Jazz, Pelicans again, to the Nuggets today. There are four games left. And as the standings sit right now, they are two games behind the 12 game under 500 San Antonio Spurs. What an, a disaster. A nightmare. A, season for a nightmare. Nightmare. Yeah. Absolute nightmare. And, th- you know, I don't think they're going to make it. If you look at their last four games, Phoenix, Golden State, Denver, Oklahoma City. So if they beat Oklahoma City, I don't think they're winning another two out of the other three. Name them again. Phoenix. Chris Paul's back. That's a loss. Phoenix, Golden State, Denver, Oklahoma City. I don't think so. Now I yeah, I, will, I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll tell you quick who the Spurs have. The Spurs have the Nuggets, the Timberwolves, the the Warriors, and the Mavericks. So. Tough. Well, that's tough too. Yeah, that's a tough they, schedule. I think, yeah, I think they just have to win one game. I think they have to just. They can beat I think the, the Spurs have to win one game. I don't think the Lakers are going to win three out of four. I don't. No, no, I don't. I don't. Unless, unless some of those. Two, so, let me think. Who would be resting anybody? To, I think the Spurs need to win one game. I don't think the. Then the only way the Lakers can catch them is if they win three out of their next four. And I don't. I don't think they're yeah. going to do that. I don't see that happening. I don't think they're going to do that. No. But what a what a, a I mean, disaster of a season! The oldest team in NBA history. You can't expect them to have longevity throughout the season, right? But the thing Not, was going into yeah, it, I think most people would have said they'd be far from the playing, you know, playing tournament. You know, the other way where they'd be, you know, a top four or five seed. I don't think anyone really expected them not even to make the play in tournament. I think most no, people. Yeah. I, I mean, I saw them struggling that. in the year. I was like, okay, the roster's not yeah. a great roster. They're not a then, top three uh, team, but they'll be, yeah. they'll be okay. And then there'll be yeah. a team that no one's going to want to play in the playoffs because of how incredible exactly. LeBron still is. Right. But man, you know, well, how many games did Anthony Davis right miss this year? 30 a good amount. That's a, yeah. A good a, amount. A lot. Yeah. Yep. 
before. So it is, it is tough to say that they weren't good enough. You know what I mean? That's a huge loss. And we talked, you know, but you, you expect there's still the Lakers and they still have guys that, that should be having Davis, a better season I mean, than they are. They probably expected them to miss, you know, maybe not this much, but like Davis hasn't been healthy. A lot of his yeah. NBA career. Um, I, I do think like, what do you guys think? Going into, I know this isn't really what this is about, but at least Anthony Davis or not, you can't you can't lose to the Pelicans twice in a week when you're fighting for your life. Right, right. But talking you about can't give up team, 130 guess, points a game. Right. I guess right. I'm just curious where where do you think this team goes for next year? Like, is is Westbrook? I guess I don't know. Maybe their situation blow too, but... it up. <clears throat> yeah, blow you up. have to. Well, I saw. Blow did you see up. what uh, Brian Windhorst was talking about? He talks about how LeBron. I did, I did see that. The, the yeah. four year cycles. So. First time in Cleveland, you know, he ran out of draft picks. Bunch of guys in their mid-30s, goes to Miami, four years, great run. They run out of picks. Goes to Cleveland, four years, great run, out of picks. Old guys. Yep. You know, Lakers, same thing. Fourth year, oldest team in NBA history. They're out of picks. They're exhausted. It's time to move He's on going. and just, He's yeah, going. you have to. Yeah, He's going back to Cleveland. So, you watch. I mean, they I are good. I don't want them to. They're a good team. He's going back to Cleveland. He's not coming back to the Lakers. No way. He's you think it's a good fit for him? Yeah, I think that's a, a nice up and coming team. Um, I think, I, I think the fans would welcome him back with open arms. I, I, I think the organization would welcome him back with open arms. Um, that Eastern Conference would get a little more <laughs> Durant, yeah, yeah. Giannis. Yeah. Embiid. I mean, we'll see with I, Harden. You know, I would be shocked if he's back with the Lakers. Next oh, year. I don't think he'll be back with the Lakers, but I mean, yeah. is and there anywhere I else think, you can see him other than Cleveland? I, I'm, um, you know, I, it, it's, it's hard for me to pinpoint another team that I, I could really see. At least right now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I just don't have a feel for, for what else he would want to do, where else he would, he would want to go. I just, I just don't have that feel. That's fair. but yeah. Lakers, Lakers need to blow it up. He they deserve they deserve probably the he'll, he'll probably he'll probably he'll probably do them a favor if he goes to another team early on on free agency, so they don't have to keep thinking about it, trying to figure other things out. Oh, maybe he stays. Maybe we have to do this. He'll do them a favor if they leave, and then they can just blow that thing to smithereens. Yeah, but Lakers well, lost I, I a step for the five losses in a row this week when you're fighting for your playoff life. Oof. You hate to see it. They are getting old, boys, and so are we. So, so are we. <laughs> so are we. Well, as always, we appreciate everyone listening. Uh, this has been the fifth episode of the Lost Step podcast. Mike Marcone, Max Kahn, Tom Pinto, Mark John DeStefano signing off. Thank you for listening. Um, big game tomorrow. Hope everyone watches. Have a good night. Peace.